the blast from our past network. Codrite! Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld back to back to back because we have nothing better to do about this show about <laughs> nothing. I'm Adam. And I have absolutely nothing better to do. I'm Corey. Yeah, do you? Do you like that? Can I? Should I keep doing that, or should I just because we love this stuff? Or which one? Which one do you like better? I can go back and forth. I, I'd like you to mix it up. That's what mix I like. it up. Yeah, you right. go. I can do that. I can kind of change it. However, I'm feeling. I'll do those. I'll do totally different stuff. I'll go crazy. You go with your gut. I trust your gut, baby. It's a big gut. It's easy to trust. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Today we are talking season five, episode four, the sniffing. Accountant, uh, first aired on October 7th, 1993. Corey, my man, hit us with your best shot. And by that, I mean the synopsis. Uh, I mean, when you said hit us, my brain filled in the rest with the best (laughs) shot. I was like, yep, yep. All right. The sniffing accountant. Jerry thinks his accountant is a drug addict. Jerry, Kramer, and Newman plot a stakeout. George plans another career change, colon, bra salesman. And again, I have <laughs> they to... added a colon. Well, I mean, I, you know, it's 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 what they put in there. So I just why would to... they? Why wouldn't they just say you could have worded that? They could have worded that so completely different. Why they actually they had a colon in well, there? Well, well, they put a colon, but they did not. Again, put an Oxford comma, and I love <laughs> Oxford commas. <laughs> well, that's how we grew up. Oxford commas only they, they make sense. They do. They and there's some, there's actually a t-shirt company. Ah, shoot, I forgot the name of them. But they kind of make a little bit snarky, you know, uh, mm-hmm. shirts. But uh, one of their shirts is it says Oxford comma Appreciation Society, and I'm like, I yeah. need that shirt so bad. That's good, good stuff. All right, we are gonna go into our breakdown of this episode, and we have a stand up. About uh, comparing the IRS and accountants to leave it to Beaver. (laughs) To me, government is basically parents for adults, especially the IRS. The IRS is like Ward and June Cleaver, and we are all Wally and the Beave. And your accountant is Eddie Haskell, showing you all those neat tricks to get away with stuff. Which is fine, unless you get audited. Then you don't want some wise guy in a suit just standing there going, You have a very lovely office here, sir. Because, yeah, so I, I don't, honestly, I didn't even get that. Does that what, does that what, uh, <laughs> no. is that what he says? This, what? this whole fucking one, like, went where, because I'm not a Leave it to Beaver fan. Yeah. And so this whole one went straight over my head. I just didn't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because jail is, is the government's way of sending you to your room. And when you meet Whitey and Lumpy in the joint, there's really, there's really going to be something wrong with the Beaver. I was like, uh, okay, I, you know, I kind of liked how you ended it. Like, there was a little dark right there. Okay, fine. But, yeah, it's it's so dated, dude. And I didn't get the Addie, Eddie Haskell reference at all. I didn't watch Leave it to be the Beaver, bro. No. Nope, me neither. And, and, I, and I'm older than you. And I, I mean, like, yeah. you know, Not Nick at Night. Not even on Nick at Night now, yeah. No, and yeah, because Nick at Night, like, mostly had, like, what I watched on Nick at Night in, uh, I guess, late 80s, early 90s was Mr. Ed. I loved fucking Mr. Ed. <laughs> and I was a big Hogan's Heroes fan, man. I was a, I, and I love, I love Richard Dawson, bro. I always love me some Richard Dawson, no matter <laughs> yeah, what Rich- form he comes in. <laughs> He's a creepy, uh, hey, man, he was a creepy game show host, in my he opinion. Was. But 
He was, he was the fun. sleaziest game He was coach. the sleaziest, yes, and, 100%. And, and this is the season of sleaze. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On Cartwright, not Seinfeld, Cartwright. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, so we start off the episode at Monk's. Elaine is talking about a new guy that she's dating. And uh, she mentions that she was wearing these slingback pumps, uh, which I had to look up what are slingback pumps. They're really just heels that have a strap to kind of hold on to that heel on the oh, back. Oh, okay. You, oh, is that what? I know I can picture it. I didn't know yeah. there was a name for it. That's all it is. Um, but I do love uh, Elaine's response when, when George asks, what are slingback pumps? Her response to, to George is, ask your mother. You live with her now, don't you? And it was just like a, oh, she's just a big old jab to his side right there. My my note for that, because I loved it, my note for that was sick burn. And I could it just was. like, I could totally picture something like that 70s show, right? Like, I just feel yeah. like, oh, that was a good one. And you don't, like, that's that that kind of humor doesn't happen a lot on Seinfeld, where it's like just a mm-hmm. mic draw or, or a record scratch burn like yeah. that. But boy, oh boy, did she nail it. Absolutely. So, um, I notice right now that Jerry is wearing. This is something that you normally wear, or you normally mention uh, the ridiculous clothes that he's wearing. But this, this, I saw it before they started mentioning it. I was like, what yeah. the fuck is Jerry wearing right now? Yeah. So both of my first notes, they become uh, a moot because I know why. But my first note mm-hmm. is at Monk's wrong booth. Um, yeah. but, but right when it happened, I was like, but I bet you somebody's going to show up by the window. Cause they only yep. put them in that booth when they need them to see mm-hmm. somebody. To see somebody. And yeah. then my second note was why is Jerry wearing a, like a, a shirt, clearly a long sleeve button down shirt and a sweater over it when George is like in short sleeve polo and, and Elaine is like wearing something, you know, you know, not, not like really wintry. And yes, again, and I, I have a comment for that coming up in just a minute. Oh, and I was just going to say, we know the answer to both of those things moving yes. forward, but they were well, the, my yeah. first two notes. I was like, why the fuck is Jerry wearing that? Yeah, they, they become they become part of the plot of, yeah. the, of the show. Um, all right, so Elaine is talking about Jake Jarmel and how he, they kind of met. Apparently, he just kind of felt her the material of her shirt, and it kind of started off this conversation. Then, as you mentioned, they see uh, their accountant – on uh, walking through, walking outside, and so that's how they get him to come in. Um, you know, who uh, when he comes in, he's he's sniffing intensely right now. Um, and, and do you recognize Barry, played by John Capelos? I did not recognize Barry. He was Carl in the Breakfast Club, the um, the the janitor guy that they kind of you know that there's oh, like a yeah okay. yeah 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 and, i mean then, he's, yeah, yeah he's been in a shit ton of other things, but mm-hmm. that's where you know I always kind of jump to. Yeah. I mean, they cast him well. His hair was correct. The way he dressed was correct. He looked like a, 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 sn- a coke-snorting accountant 100%. Oh, my God, dude. I mean, and, and, you know, this is what, 93 is what we said when yeah. this one came out. Um, So it's it's still past the 80s and Wall Street and everything. But, like, he still fits that, that sh- smarmy, you yeah. know, type of, of just – he is, like – He's like he would be a villain in a movie, you know, if this was like a thriller, you know, like the Pelican Brief or something. Um, but I love how he's like, you eat here, Jerry? And I'm like, oh, yeah, man. You're just a douche. <laughs> yeah, he's not quite as cool as Gordon Gecko, but no, no. He, uh, he definitely watched Wall Street and wanted a, p- a, piece, a piece of that life. And that was uh, he's that kind of guy. Um, so he's anyway, all about that life. <laughs> yes. 
Um, but but so you know he's sniffing and he asks to go to the bathroom, so he goes to the bathroom and Jerry's freaking out. You know they don't they don't you know really say. Do you, think he's snorting coke but i mean they, they kind of do they i mean they're kind of alluding to it yeah um and elaine says maybe the weather's you know maybe it's the cold weather and and jerry responds it's not cold today which brings me back to that comment you already fucking said then why the hell is jerry wearing a massive like wool looking sweater yep i got you jerry that makes no fucking sense <laughs> it, it's it's as if the dialogue contradicts the storyline that's going to come later yeah so anyway no idea um but as George leaves, Elaine taunts him again some more as she leaves, you know. Uh, you I better lo- wash your hands before dinner. And I'm just like, oh, I'm loving what she's giving to George yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm loving what Elaine's doing here. Absolutely loving it. Mm-hmm. Um, then we cut to dinner and we get the Costanzas. Yay! Hell yes. And they are... Uh, they are as contentious as ever. Yeah, they are <laughs> right as. Here. And this scene is as amazing as I remember I it to be. And I, I love, you know, that the first thing Frank is, like, talking to George about is, do you really need that much ketchup? Like, like who cares? Why does he give a shit how much ketchup George uses? And George, like, very properly was like, I bought this ketchup specifically so I could put as much as I want on it, you know, because he's yeah. he obviously to me, this obviously meant that they had a conversation like this before where he had used their ketchup and he used too much. Mm-hmm. And so now he had to buy his own ketchup <laughs> and he's, it still is bothering Frank. He's like, fuck it. I'm not dealing with this. I'm going to go buy exactly. a ketchup. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Frank got George an interview uh, at this uh guy Sid Farkas who uh, sells bras and he knows the dude so he's he's gonna get him here um and so here's this just this great little scene where well, Frank's well, suggesting to Estelle what oh you got something to say no, just just before he gets into the, the the diatribe uh he does you know say when you know next week next Friday at two o'clock George is like that's my entire day I was yeah. gonna look at your sneakers or something. and I'm like you know right away you're like George you you idiot you don't even have a job and yeah. you're already like adjusted to this lifestyle yeah exactly like one interview in the middle of the day is not gonna really ruin your entire but for him it's gonna t- it's causing so much stress I, and Unless you uh, meet a lady on a subway and then yeah. get, and then wind <laughs> exactly. up ta- <laughs> chained to a bed in a hotel. Yeah. Yeah. With nothing on but your boxers. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, All right. So Frank is uh, suggesting that Estelle, you know, show him one of her bras and whatnot. And just great line here from Frank as he's talking to uh, to George about bras. You know about the cup sizes. <laughs> and he talks about it. He's like, you got the A. Yeah. The B, the C, and the D. That's the biggest. I know D's the biggest. I've based my entire life around the fact that this the is, D's the this biggest. Is a great, great lines. Great just just their their back and forth and just yeah. Frank Frank, honestly, it's not even much of a back and forth. It's just Frank being fuck it, Frank. It's, it's Frank being Frank, but but George is actually like holding his own. Like like yeah. cause he was right about the 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 spandex lycra, you know, like George was doing okay in this scenario. Frank was just unhinged and on his own thing, doing his own so, thing. Yep. Uh, but yeah, they kinda, you know, look at Estelle's bra a little bit. Uh, I just kinda I just liked seeing Frank hold up the bra. I half wanted him to kind of have part, kind of like test it out a little bit yeah. on himself, just because I know what's going to be happening later on in this show. The bro. This is not the. This is not the last. Exactly the bro. This is not the last of bras and Frank. And actually, this is not the last of Sid Farkas that we're going to see. Oh. We're going to see him again in that episode. Oh as no! Well. Shit! Oh fuck! They, I forgot they, about that. 
Frank Frank and Kramer pitched the bro to Sid Farkas. Oh, that's so, awesome. So Good job, yeah. bud. I, yeah. I, I didn't even piece that one together. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, so at the apartment, Jerry tells Kramer about the whole accountant situation. Uh, so now Kramer, who's got some money, uh, you know, he was, uh, you know, he went in on on a CD uh, with Jerry as well, um, or on a CD with Jerry, and so now you know some of his money is tied in with Jerry and things like that. Um, so he's worried about it. Did you get? Uh, did you notice that Kramer didn't get any cheer when he came in on this one? I well, I didn't mark it, so I guess it, it just didn't kind of, you know. It, it didn't it didn't, didn't register, yeah. Yeah, it didn't register because they didn't they didn't make it a thing. So that's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I love how Kramer's After, like, did he use a lot of slang? Did he use the word man? Yeah, yeah. As if like you know, that's what the the drug hip lingo and and is. like kind of like knowing Jerry Seinfeld in real life, knowing uh you know uh, uh, Larry David in real life. So, but I don't know them, but you know, just kind of like knowing how how mm-hmm. they are. I totally like all the drug stuff in this show is is just. As someone who's done some drugs, not cocaine, not cocaine at all. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Uh, uh, but it's like they get a lot of things wrong with the drug yes. stuff. Yeah. Uh, I've done some drugs, probably not as much as you. Not cocaine. Not cocaine. <laughs> yeah, um, <we> <laughs> not cocaine. <laughs> okay. I don't I do not do snortables. I don't do injectables. Um, but yeah. I'll try a lot of other stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> one, one day we'll do the Adam and Corey drug podcast. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Hey everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hello everybody, I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. And now, back to the show. All right, so uh, we then cut to Elaine's apartment, and here we meet Jake Jarmel, played by Marty Rackham, and uh, we actually see him a couple more times. Jake Jarmel shows up, uh, I think, a total of three times in Seinfeld, which is really cool. But we also saw him previously as the cop on, or the one of the two cops that pick up Jerry and George yeah. on the trip. I think part two, right? I, it's it's the one where where they're like, oh, can can I can I. Can I do the siren? Yeah. Can I do the siren? Yeah. And then, yeah, they let it. Like that scene. Yes, I remembered. That. Yeah, it's a it's trip part two because they pick yeah. up Clint Howard and he yeah. was in the second half. Yeah. Yep. True. All right. Um, Elaine sees that uh, there she had some messages that Jake wrote down for her, um, but he didn't use an exclamation point uh, for the one about her friend Myra having a baby, which her friend Myra having that baby is a direct lead up to the next episode, which is the Briss, a.k.a. the one with the moil. Oh. The, oh. Myra, Myra is an actual character in that show, and obviously the, having the baby then leads to them having the Briss. Interesting. Oh, so, yeah. cool. That's a good one, bud. I didn't even yeah. know that one. Yeah, just a little, just a little tiny little nugget that will lead up to their next episode, which I thought was great. That's awesome, so. and that's the kind of shit that I love when they do that. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like, like what we said last season. 
even though they didn't do it, but I like the fact that, like, in two episodes, the, the yo-yo was the only real connective tissue, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't have to be something freaking huge. Like, I yes. like just a little tiny bit of connective tissue. Exactly. I think it was. It, I think it was last season or the one before, or whatever. No, it was last season. Or I think where they had a bunch of times where two episodes worked together, and then the next two episodes worked together. Yeah. And that was fine. You know, I think that worked out okay. But yeah, when because this show is is a good sitcom where I think just a one off thirty minutes yeah. and then you're done. But you add in just that one tiny little reference to the next thing, and it just amplifies. Just a sprinkle, just a little dash mm-hmm. of it, and it's yeah. like, oh yeah, I love it, dude. You know, um, and all Elaine really wants is a little sprinkle, a little dash of emotion here. <laughs> and she gets nothing because he doesn't use any exclamation, exclamation point, And she's pissed off about it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little ridiculous. And, but I did like when she was like, I, I would use exclamation points like at the end of this sentence and at the end of this sentence. And he's like, I will use an exclamation point when I'm leaving. And she's like, yes. ha. And I do like that they lingered on her face because yeah. without that, you would think that Elaine was like, I think she realizes that she's crazy at this point. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you're right. Yeah. They have their fight and he leaves at the apartment. Uh, Jerry's there and Kramer comes in. He gets a, a woo. He gets a woo even <laughs> kind of cheer. <laughs> um, there was but, some, by uh, the way, in this scene, there was somebody in the crowd that loved this scene. Yeah. I, I will say these cheer, the cheers, even though they haven't really done much this episode, it's not like last episode. Yes. It's not like last the, episode. The, the, the cheers are getting to me. Like I'm ready <laughs> for them to be less of a thing. <laughs> I know. I know, dude. I think we have, I think we have a lot of time to sit with that, but they will at yeah. one point become less of a thing. Yeah. All right. Uh, so they call their their accountant to see if he's, you know, not sniffing anymore or whatnot. Um, and apparently he went to South America. And they're like, oh, my God, South America. Now they're all super worried, obviously, because of South America's ties and Colombian yeah. ties or whatever to cocaine, that kind of thing. Um, Newman comes in to a hello, Newman. And a cheer. He comes and into a cheer, a cheer okay. which yeah. I'll take that. I'll take a Newman cheer. If anyone deserves a Newman, or if anyone deserves a Newman, we, <laughs> we all deserve, deserve a Newman. Newman. We deserve Everybody. a Newman. <laughs> yes, but if anyone who deserves a cheer, it's Newman. Yeah. Now, granted, I will say Newman is fairly flat this episode. He doesn't he doesn't really get a great Newman scene. Uh, you know, he does okay with some of his stuff, but it's not. You know, they usually get like one when Newman's on. He usually gets one great Newman scene, and this this episode, I'm not sure he does. Okay, okay, I'm. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he definitely right. provides more support this episode, yes. but but I don't necessarily hate that. I just oh, like yeah, having Wayne fine. Knight there. You know, like oh I yeah, think yeah, that's absolutely. Fantastic. Agreed. I mean, we've established he's he's probably my my favorite. You know, tertiary character. Well, not tertiary. You know, the the fifth fifth yeah. character outside of the top four. Yeah. Um, him. It's pretty much him and Frank kind of battle. But I think for me. New, I like Newman better than Frank, and then Frank's like you know right after that. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll probably lean a little bit closer to Frank, but then uh-huh. Newman would be followed by that. There so you go. yeah, it's there a dude. Go. I fucking love Newman, and yeah, please yeah. give me a cheer every time Newman enters. <laughs> and I love yeah. and I love now. Uh, okay, guys out there, guys and gals, um, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this is the first time that Newman goes hello Jerry. Like does he does the same mm. thing back? Yeah, maybe, because we, we've definitely heard the Hello Newman before, and, and, and we didn't call that out. Yeah, and now when Jerry goes Hello Newman, it is the standardized Hello yeah. Newman, but then Newman gives Hello, Hello Jerry, and I, I think love so. that. I love Newman gives it back. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, Kramer wants to set up a whole sting operation. Um, he said, you know, like abs can't. Abscam, which I had to look up. Abscam is an FBI sting operation in the late 70s and 80s that led to convictions of seven members of the United States Congress, among others. That is exactly what I saw. You, I know you looked at that. You Googled it and you looked. You saw the very top, like where they, where they take the, the very Wikipedia, first line of Wikipedia, you know, yeah, copy yeah, and yep. paste. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Is I that what, were you were you ready to do the same thing? Yep. Same thing. Same fucking yeah. words and everything. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So they kind of go on their stakeout slash sting and Kramer Kramer's now wearing the sweater because they have a quick little scene. Yeah. Um, you know, where it was getting kind of itchy or whatever. And so Kramer's like, oh, I'll take it. Uh, and so Kramer goes into the tavern, um, you know, where the accountant is. And if I was that accountant, I would have recognized that sweater right right away. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. It's hideous. Well, also, Pete's Tavern is like anytime they need uh, a bar that's outside of the stand up, that's always mm. where they go. It's always go. that set. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's supposed to be Pete's Tavern technically mm-hmm. every time, but it's always that set. That's where Jerry's doing his stand up at uh, the okay. movies episode with with uh, uh, Rochelle Rochelle. Like yeah. he, it started there. It was it was at oh, that okay. set, you know. Okay. Uh, but Kramer's here, you know, at the Pete's Tavern trying to trying to do a sting, trying to get this guy to, um, you know, crack or, or mention something. Well, I, I, I will say real quick, I loved when Kramer came in and he was he said something. He was like, yeah, hey, I'll take a beer like bar. Like he called the guy in Charlie name, is right? a beer, Charlie, Charlie or something. Like, yeah. And I love how the guy looks. He goes, my name's Mitch, you know, or he goes, yeah. my name's Mitch. And yeah. I, that was awesome because I feel like you don't get pushback like that sometimes on the show from a secondary character that they are sort of making yep. a joke around. I love that he was like, the name's mm. Mitch. And I, I just thought that was good. I thought that was great. I, I think it was just to emphasize that Kramer doesn't belong there. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just yeah. Kinda really shows even further um, the way Kramer's acting. He lights up a cigarette. And then I'm going to let you take this because this, I believe, you even, I'm surprised you didn't even wear your shirt because I, this is one of your favorite lines and you have a t-shirt with this line on it. I do, but I'm sweating in my office right now while recording <laughs> and it's clean. So I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to, <laughs> it's okay. just for you. But yeah, dude, here's to feeling good all the time is the only toast I ever make ever <laughs> since I've become drinking age because we watched this or I watched this before I turned 21. So moving forward, <laughs> the only toast I ever make wedding or anything here's to feeling good all the time. And Kramer with a with Michael Richards with a cigarette yeah. in his mouth downs that whole fucking yeah. pint. He of, chugs it. He chugs it. And then he blows out that smoke and you, I mean, you can find bloopers on it online and everything. That took takes. That took real fucking effort from Michael Richards. And and I will say it was impressive. But this, but then when he fucking flips the cigarette around in his mouth by accident, <laughs> and he puts he puts the lit end inside of his mouth. Yeah, that's crazy. Dude, that's a real fucking cigarette, bro. Like yeah. It's ha- oh shit. Michael Richard, and I know it burned his finger. I know it burned his tongue, and he didn't give a fuck, and he sold it. This right here should have been like Emmy award winning like, like yeah. material, but but here's to feeling good all the time. When this when I saw Jerry wearing that, that mohair sweater, I was like, this is it. This, this is, is the one, <laughs> and it is. I would say it's probably at least in. It's definitely in my top five favorite yeah. Kramer moments of the entire series. It probably is in my top ten favorite moments in the of of mm-hmm. all of mm. Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah. I know for you, you have a special tie to it, but I, I agree. This is easily a top 10 Kramer moment. 
um you know maybe top five but yeah it's uh it's fantastic and i i yeah just just the way yeah the way he chugs and then the way he kind of nonchalantly nonchalantly puts it in his mouth the wrong way and then just kind of oh, oh and then flips it around it's just like dude how the hell did you not spit that out right away and like freak yourself out? dude it was it was amazing bit of physical co- comedy i mean if you ever need an example of why michael richards is like just top of the line like this is amazingly high level physical comedy right here having that much like control over your body or just being able to take the the pain of it to to get the joke holy fuck man i could i mean i I could talk this entire 50 minute episode about just this scene right here (laughs) yeah yeah fair enough um but we're not going to do that. We're going to keep moving <laughs> <No>. on. <laughs> so, moving on. Uh, yeah. We kind of have some uh, quick cuts between some things. We see Jerry and Newman having an interesting conversation about Glide versus Dento Tape. Yeah. And, and you know what? Like, I know that, like, maybe on paper didn't seem like it was a lot going on, but I liked it. I it was liked funny. the cutting back yeah. and forth. I Yeah, I, it worked. I, I like the adventure of this episode. You know, like, I like that they're on an adventure. And I like the fact I – I'll take it back. I love the fact – that Jerry and Newman are arch nemesises, arch nemeses, and, and you know they're both. It's it's equal. It's it's both ways, you know, and and which I love. But yet they can both put that aside and still talk sometimes, yeah. you know. And yet yeah. it, it'll still boil up. And he's like, I hate you. And it, yeah. it it'll never. I don't know, dude. It never it never makes the relationship get to the point where Jerry and Newman can't hang out. But yet they loathe each other. Yeah, you know? I loathe and, you. It's just—it's fucking perfect, man. I love Newman, dude. It is. Yeah, they're great dynamic. I do love particularly when he like tries the the glide and then he puts it. Yeah, just on the <laughs> dashboard. <laughs> and and the like. Now we already are getting uh, like you know we, there's no like dossier on this character on these characters. They don't tell you like oh Jerry doesn't like this Jerry. But we've picked up over time. Is it, is that it he's... dossier? I always I always called it dossier. Yeah, I'm probably saying it wrong. You, you're probably okay. saying it right. like like <laughs> meme and everything. Uh, yeah, you, you, we, we all you know at this meme. point. It's Corey meme. doesn't know yeah. how to pronounce dossier. Things. <laughs> yeah, but like. <laughs> At this point, we just know it. We know yes. that Jerry is like a germaphobe. So the fact that Newman puts yeah. it there and you see Jerry's reaction is just, uh, you know, <laughs> it's perfect. You don't even need Jerry to say anything. Yeah. Yep. It's good. So uh, we then uh, see that uh, Kramer lets the guy know, uh, you know, the accountant know that he's he's hip to he's, the scene. I'm hip. I'm hip. <laughs> I'm hip. Um, but, it, you know. And uh, I love I love Barry's you know response like don't take it personally but when yeah. I come back I'm sitting over there oh by the way real quick uh, it just mm-hmm. occurred to me um when in that's before this scene like like in mm-hmm. the the scene but before Barry gets up off the stool to go to the bathroom when they cut to Barry behind him over his left shoulder is uh Norman Brenner is sitting, uh, is, is sitting okay. at the table behind them. I didn't even notice, yep. but there you go. Which which makes sense because they would have needed him on set or like right there uh, for that that mm-hmm. particular scene because Kramer uh, Michael Richards is in it and he is the lighting stand-in for Michael Richards. Yeah, yeah. and so they're just like, hey, just move to the back, yeah. be, be in that background yep. extra. Simple yep. as that. So, um, yeah. But anyway, so that, that the attempts to try and get him to discuss cocaine go nowhere, and so while the accountant is in the bathroom where. Kramer assumes he is uh, doing. Uh, uh, well, I, I like how Kramer or Newman called him. What snowblower did you get us? You know, uh, shacked up with. But yeah. But anyway, that was way earlier. But uh, 
It's a good line. And real quick, the the snowblower comment caused someone in the crowd to like uproariously. <laughs> and that's why I took the note. That's why I made the note. The crowd loves that scene. But yeah, yeah this, okay. the snowblower comment is what made somebody really laugh out loud. It's a good, it's a good line. But anyway, so Kramer is. goes into the bathroom to see the snowblower blowing snow. Yeah. Um, but he busts into the bathroom to get a pic of him, apparently, who is just using the toilet right there, right then, that we can assume. So it doesn't go well. It does, it does uh, not go, but yeah. we do get to see a nice vintage Polaroid camera. That was always fun yeah. to see. Yeah, that was nice to see. Hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Dean. Oh, hey, hey, Tim. Dean. Uh, This isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays, and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then... Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Talking back. Hey, everybody. I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. And now, back to the show. We then see George at the bra interview, and uh, we meet Sid Farkas, who, in my opinion, that name is too close to Scut Farkas from A Christmas Story. And uh, that bothered me. But I do believe our good friend Zach interviewed the actor who played Scott Farkas on his uh, other podcast. Um, $2 late uh, fee. $2, $2 late fee. Yeah. We, we actually interviewed him for Podcast After Dark as well. So, and, oh, okay. And, and, and not to, to, like, they're actually, he talks about two different things. Like, it just, it's completely two different conversations. So, absolutely Perfect. check out his interview, uh, Zach's interview with him, Zach and Dustin on $2 late fee. And then also check out our interview with him on Podcast After Dark. Because with that one, we talked more about, like, him doing, like, uh, uh, Resident Evil 2, you know, Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And he was in Jason versus Freddy for, like, a, a quick minute. Um, but I actually got him uh, to do a special voice thing to my sister because my sister yeah. loves a Christmas story. So I actually got him to do like a, a, a Zach, this is Zach Warrior. Like he talked to her and everything oh, and, it, and cool. I sent it to her. It made her fucking like year. And uh, I don't know how I'm going to top that. <laughs> <laughs> Fair but enough. yeah, dude, I, I I'm Fair with enough. you, man. Like yeah, Scott Farkas, like Sid Farkas, way too close, way too yeah. close for that. Yep. Um, uh, wait, and, but while we're on uh, Sid Farkas, Patrick Cronin, shit mm-hmm. ton of credits man like yeah i noticed that i mean it's and i've seen him before i recognize him from as he just plays like characters all the time yep um uh george nails the interview he does a great job very crushes, crushes it, it. Crushes yeah it. yeah he's you know be very shows ex- excitement for selling bras he tells this whole story about you know how how he became infatuated and saw a bra when he was younger and you know it's, it's just a passion of his to sell bras so <laughs> he does a great job 
And he puts, and so and he puts the, the, the icing on the cake when, when yeah. Sid Farkas gives him the job. He's like, show up here, you know, Monday at 9 a.m. He's like, sir, if you don't mind, I'll be here at 8 a.m. And I'm like, dude, George, <laughs> crushing it. Nothing can yeah. go wrong. <laughs> Nothing can go wrong. And then he leaves and he sees this beautiful woman played by Christina Miller, mm. who, I mean, one, most people should recognize her. She was in the Drew Carey show. I remember her most from Scrubs as well, but I watched the hell out of Drew Carey show, I, too. I did, too. And you know what's weird? How some sitcoms were so big at a certain time, and then just no one talks about them anymore. Yeah. Like, I feel like Drew Carey show is one of those uh, shows. I, I, didn't, I didn't watch it, like, religiously, but I would catch it. And it was on for a ton of fucking seasons, but it yes. just it disappeared. Whereas Scrubs is still like everyone still is into Very, scrubs it's beloved um but you're right though drew, and drew carey show was a big yeah. show with like you know the whole with mimi yeah. and drew being the arch nemesis very similar to jerry and newman but also um the whole the cleveland rocks yeah um like everybody was like singing that i feel like it was a very popular show but you're right nowadays hell i don't even know if it's on streaming anywhere right. because no one talks about it, it exactly like where do you find it and it, it, like in we've talked about it before but like like night court's still not like on streaming mm-hmm. unless you purchase it from amazon yeah. and it's like damn these i guess i guess in order for these shows to sustain life they have to have that syndication you know and then now in 2020 they have to have that streaming like they had to be on a mm-hmm. service or something but damn drew carey show is a great show yeah, yeah, I wanna, I wanna go back and uh, check it out sometime. Maybe, maybe I can talk John into it doing it at some point. Yeah, I'm sure I can. But I so. knew you were gonna recognize her from Scrubs, knowing oh, yeah. how much you love Scrubs. I was just, yep. I was waiting for that. I was waiting for it. Yep. Yep. Uh, all right. So George tries the old Jake Jarmel approach, <laughs> and he uh, touches her fabric of her shirt, which is an idiotic thing to do. Creeps her out, and she turns out. Guess what? She's like the big fucking boss at the company. And so she just like reams Sid Farkas says, uh, you know, who is this, you know, douche turd? And he's like, oh, he's our new bra salesman. He's like, well, if he's here, then you're not. And George is like, yep, get the fuck out. <laughs> you do not get the job. I mean, I'm sorry, George, but you are no Jake Jarmel. You cannot yeah. pull that off. <laughs> Very true. Jake Jarmel's a good looking yeah. dude. He's probably, probably way smoother. But like, yeah, George is, it comes off very creepy. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, um, at Pendant Publishing, Lippman and Elaine are talking, and uh, you know Jake Jarmel, this author, uh, has a book. Elaine is editing one of his books, and she has apparently added a fuck ton of exclamation <laughs> points to it. And Lippman's all pissed about it, and basically he's like, "You have to stop this." And I, I love the way his emphasis of them while he's yes. reading the book, yes. and he just goes, "Whatever it is," and then he ends it with a big thing. <laughs> no, he, 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 dude, he's awesome. I mean, and moving forward, like I do love Mr. Lippman. He is one of yeah. the characters, side characters, recurring characters that I always enjoy, and uh, and I think it's because. I mean, the actor is legit freaking good. Like, he yeah. always he nailed this scene and everything. And um, remember Bizarro, Mr. Littman? God damn it. Oh, that one time off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One-off. Yeah, yeah. The one-off, Fuck that guy. one-off Littman. That was weird. Yeah, but my only note for this scene is Mr. Littman, exclamation point. Yay. Yep. <laughs> so uh, we, th- I get, we get a great cut here to where basically Littman is like, I hate exclamations. You have to get rid of them. And, and Elaine's all kind of, all right, disappointed. But begrudgingly, she's going to have to do it. 
then we cut to the apartment and Elaine or, and Jerry and Kramer and Newman are writing this letter to his accountant and Kramer's like at an exclamation point there and, it's just, yeah, and, and they're all and cheering <laughs> exactly and Elaine's sitting on the couch in the foreground is just like kind of defeated kind of thing it, it's good it works out really well yeah um so. I don't know if we talked about it on here but I talked about it on the Mallrats episode for podcast after dark mm-hmm. but in Mallrats there is a pendant publishing reference and mm-hmm. they uh it's it's um trish the dish it's that's trish where the her dish. <laughs> nobody calls me that F- 15 year old <laughs> trish the dish yeah well that's that's problematic but you know um <laughs> and, and we talk about that but they she does mention that she got her her uh, uh what is it when they give you the money in advance she got her advance uh, yes. uh from pendant publishing and i was like huh i wonder if that's actually a seinfeld reference or if there is like you know and i looked it up and man when you google pendant publishing seinfeld's like the only thing that comes up mm-hmm. so i'm like yeah and it makes sense because when mall rats came out like it was still around season five. Like it, it's, mm-hmm. or, or it's enough. Like she was, Elaine was still primarily pinned in publishing. So it kind yeah. of like, it made sense. Yep. So, uh, then the pizza guy comes over and he's sniffing and this is kind of funny. Why is he sniffing? Apparently it's the sweater. Uh, it's made of mohair, which he is allergic to, which mohair is the long silky hair of the Angora goat. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's also itchy too, according to Jerry. Yeah. Apparently, yes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so now they realize, oh, it must have been this sweater why this guy was sniffing. The account was sniffing the whole time. All right. Um, but, you know, with this whole letter that they were going to send off to try and get their money out, and they're all angry about it, Newman is on his way to the mailbox, and he lets this other woman drop off her mail first. And uh, then my question to you, did you recognize the woman? Yeah, and she's she's uncredited, but they listed her on, mm-hmm. on IMDb, but I yeah. absolutely know her. And, uh, immediately. Re- recently, what I just saw her in was, she has a small part in The Burbs. She was uh, Art's, uh-huh. Art's wife on that, but that, and, but she's been in a shit ton of stuff. Yeah, including Seinfeld. You don't remember her from Seinfeld earlier? Oh, it's, it's slowly start, starting to punch through my 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 weed haze where was she inside felt earlier so she was in the episode called the revenge where george has that terrible boss and he is trying to poison the boss's drink and she is the loud one why do you have to do this and george is like hey uh whoever i can't remember her name it's like move or the wig comes off yeah and she's like what it's not a wig and then he's like starts counting and then she bolts that's the same woman okay okay <laughs> well the, the cool thing is unlike jake jarmel um mm-hmm. <laughs> jim jarmish <laughs> uh, unlike jake jarmel um she could still be actually the same character you know yeah she could be she yeah. absolutely could be the same character yeah. um but uh yeah so newman you know, he, uh, I guess he wants to feel frisky, and so he tries the uh, feel up the, f- the fabric thing, and she flips out on him and sends this guy chasing after Newman, which is kind of funny. And Newman, just like I said to George, you are no Jake Jarmel. No, but it's kind of funny because in other seasons and later times, we see Newman as kind of a ladies' guy. Yes, yes, that is something that they play up later. Yeah, no, I know, yeah. and, and and yeah, that which sort of negates so, this, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but all right, so I'll leave that uh, at the Costanzas. 
George's parents are laying into him for losing the job. Just kind of funny, quick little scene. But, yeah. you know, anytime we cut to the Costanzas, I'm happy. Um, and then at Monk's, Jerry comes in. And, uh, you know, apparently we find out the accountant is bankrupt. Maybe, I guess it was actually drugs with yeah. him. And so he kind of a, it seemed like a bait and switch. And then back to another switch um, as, a, as a comedy on that one. Or back to the bait or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah. And Jerry's all pissed about this. New, because he, they didn't. If they would have actually sent off the um, mail, which didn't happen because Newman was running for his life and accidentally threw the mail and had to go. And so it never got mailed. Um, it, but Mer- Newman or something like that. Yeah, yeah. No, no. And, and Newman, if he'd done it, he would have uh, – they would have – because he applied yes, – uh, he would have gotten 11. all his money. Yeah, but, but now he has to deal with, with that kind of bullshit. Yeah, and, and the only thing we didn't mention because – and the only reason I'm just thinking of it now – uh, we we didn't mention the fact that Newman put the picture into the letter, but then yeah, it, but it doesn't it, matter. Comes it, of it. It, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Shit. It was it's moot. So yeah, yeah, agreed. Like they put that bathroom picture. Yeah. which one he was just on the toilet. I don't think he was doing any blow. So why would they even put that picture in there? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't it think just, he was it, actually yeah. doing any drugs when Kramer yeah. took the picture. Exactly. It didn't they didn't make it seem that way? Yeah. So it's like, ugh, was it, yeah, it felt to nothing. So it really didn't. It felt like I didn't need to mention it. So yeah, no, and and the only thing I liked about it was how giddy Kramer and Newman were behind Jerry's back when they did it. Yeah. But I would rather have had a more tighter story than have them put mm-hmm. the picture in there. You know, I agree. I agree. So, all right. So uh, Newman then walks into Monk's and he's all kind of, oh, happy Newman. Pair of bear claws, please. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's so like, <laughs> I love that. Um, and, and then Jerry wants to go confront Newman for not dropping off the letter. And as he does, this woman comes up to him and touches the fabric. And then it kind of works on him. Ha ha ha. And, and did you hear what, what Jerry said it was made of? Uh, fifty percent silk, fifty percent cotton, fifty percent linen. Yeah, I know. Half, yeah. yeah, I was like half silk, half cotton, half linen. I was like, uh, okay, sure, sure. He's just being, just he's a comedian. He's a comedian. Yeah, it's <laughs> he's funny. I liked it. So. Yeah, it's fine. Um, and then we get a stand-up on accountants buying drugs. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if this is true or not. I kind of assume it is. Um, but he says my accountant actually did take a big chunk of money from me and use it to buy drugs. And the thing that was the hardest for me to comprehend about this is the life choice of drug abuse and accounting. But actually, it makes sense. Why would an athlete or a musician do take drugs? They have interesting jobs, but an accountant. If uh, if ever a job required some hallucinogenic support, this is the job. That should be the legal defense. You're in court. You're charged with possession of illegal narcotics. By your honor, I'm an accountant. And he's like, bang, case closed. Bailiff, give this man his peyote buttons and tequila back for the drive home. Sorry to bother you, sir. Terribly sorry. And, uh, you know, it's like, uh, okay, but athletes and musicians do take drugs. Yes. <laughs> right like yeah. some yeah well at least yeah, musicians some. i would say well, yeah, yeah yeah musicians more than athletes but some athletes do too so. yeah yeah and it's usually to to you know help with their 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 pain or whatever but um yeah didn't love didn't love this one didn't love yeah this i agree stand-up. yeah yeah I agree. um i good. i took us into the final review for the last one so why don't you do that do so for this one so the first thing that i want to mention is I love Newman in any episode he did fine he didn't he i wouldn't say he fully fully elevated this episode but him just being on is great. And we, hell, we got him and Frank on for an episode. So that you couldn't have, maybe you couldn't have full, full Newman and full, full Frank. So <laughs> Our just, heads would explode. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, I do wish that 
the joke with the touching of the felt would have ended with Newman. Um, we would have had our three, and I do wish they would have shifted it to Newman for working with Newman because I like I like that element that's going to come later of Newman being kind of mysteriously awesome at things. Yeah, you know yeah. he can he can climb trees really fucking well. He can he's really great at you know at, at talking to women. And that would have been kind of like a, a three-step thing. It would have been brought up by Elaine with Jake Jarmel, tried with uh, with George and failed, and then tried with Newman and succeeded and been like, oh, man, fucking Newman. Why is Newman making it work? I think I just would have liked that better. Um, but still, this is a funny-ass episode. You know, there are some strong moments. I think the main story wasn't the best part. Um, the the whole coked-out accountant stuff, like, the, 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 the I didn't... Well, I go ahead and say I hated the accountant stuff, but it leading to the cigarette stuff with Kramer and the feeling good all the time is absolutely amazing. I was enthralled. I loved the B storyline with the the, the bra storyline, if you will, with the Costanzas. I thought that was a, a great addition. Um, and so, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess I wouldn't say that I didn't like the Coke stuff because there was funny stuff with it. The, the Newman stuff was, was, you know, good having him in there. Um, yeah, it just there wasn't it, some of the things didn't go anywhere, like the picture, uh, as we talked about, and yeah. so there were some things that that led this episode not to be as great as others. Yeah, not but not overall, perfect. Yeah, not perfect. But this was an overall solid episode, and so far this is being a solid start to the season in these first four episodes. So I'm giving this four out of five D cups. That's the biggest. <laughs> oh man! Oh dude! I, yeah, I'm I'm fairly on point with you. Um, the only thing I'll add is you know I didn't quite love the the stand up stuff. You know, yeah, um, yeah. was wasn't the best, especially the the last one. Um, but you know, I enjoyed everything everyone had to do. It wasn't by any means the the most perfectly tightestly written episode ever, but overall it was a lot of fun. You throw in the fact, the you know, three X factors here. One, the the crowd was reasonable. You know, like like yes. it, the crowd wasn't <laughs> ridiculous. So so we got a good solid crowd this episode. I can't believe this is something now we're actually tracking and, and it's yeah. affecting our metrics. But it's true. We're again, like we said last episode. We judge it, it on a, a whole product, and and if the crowd is distracting during one episode, well, they, mm-hmm. they're distracting. That that can't change it. Um, mm-hmm. But man, it, like getting, like you said, getting Frank and Newman in one go, and then you're also getting yep. my like top five favorite Seinfeld moments ever. And yeah, I I it's weird that. At the end of it, this is another episode where our crew kind of loses too. Like, like mm-hmm. we, this mm. is something that they're now starting to pepper in. Whereas it doesn't always come up Millhouse at the end of the episode for our characters, <laughs> right? Like they're like Jerry's uh-huh. like legit pissed off, you know. But I do love how quickly he can change because ah, pretty lady's talking to me, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, but it kind of like offsets, you know, the the perfection and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, dude, I. I kind of, I'm. I mean, you took it, but this is this this is the season of sleaze, and I'm gonna have to say <laughs> that I give this four D cups out of five. Oh, I stole your D cups. Yeah, you stole it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like I said, see, well, good season of sleaze. I had to stick with it. So. There you go. <laughs> oh man, but a fun dude, fun episode. Um, fun 
first four episodes of the season, dude. And, and you know, like mm-hmm. we said with our, our wrap-up with season uh, four, you know, uh, we hated the beginning of last season, you know. And it's yeah. what a what a night and day scenario. It is. Um, just, yeah, all over the place. You know what? It's strange because you get all this, this inconsistency with Seinfeld that we weren't realizing has happened. I don't get inconsistency with Podcasting After Dark. That is an amazing <laughs> podcast that someone I know heads up with his buddy Zach. Could you tell me about that podcast if you if you don't mind, Corey? <laughs> yeah, buddy. Uh, me and our friend Zach. Our friend. Yes. <laughs> we we uh we review um, cult movies from from the late seventies, eighties, early nineties. Eh, it doesn't matter. It's it's cult cin- cinema. It's weird shit. It's trashy shit. It's you know it's bad <laughs> shit. But we love Sleazy it. Shit. We have fun with it. We just released an episode uh, called Split Second, which was a 1992 uh, Rutger Hauer film that's just oh it was my pick it's not the best thing ever but we have fun <laughs> okay. and uh, we love talking about some some really stupid shit man but uh, yeah check us out podcasting after dark if you love cult movies if you love like you know horror movies and stuff like that from the 80s then then definitely check us out but on the flip side of that coin if if podcasting after dark is is the dark shadow of the BFOP network Work, then the then the bright flagship of the network is the Blast from Our Past podcast with Adam and John. Tell us about that one, buddy. That's right. We are the podcast that gives you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and a whole lot more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. Uh, yeah, me and John just talk about things from the past that we started off with just movies and TV shows, and we do we do recastings. If there's anything that's unique about our show, it's probably our recastings. Um, but even then, like we've got album reviews that are like kind of just specifically unique to us. Uh, yeah, I was, was going to say, them. like, I'm sure other podcasts do album reviews, but I don't yeah. listen to album review podcasts. I'm primarily listening mm-hmm. to like nostalgic stuff if I'm not listening to paranormal stuff. And you yeah. guys are the only people that I know that, yes, do the, the, the recasting, which I think is a lot of fun. Always enjoy those. Always enjoy doing those on, on the show. Um, but, dude, you're all's album reviews. Man, that is just, you know, like as, as one content producer to another – that's some good fucking content, bro. You guys put out some good shit over there. Well, thank you. I mean, yeah, that's the one thing that, you know, what there's probably smarter people that do better music reviews because, I mean, John knows his stuff. He's John a knows his teacher. shit, man. I just kind of add in, like, color commentary on those. But what we do is we tie all of our stuff, whatever we're talking back, into why it's nostalgic to us and why it's nostalgic in general yeah. for people. And we know what, you know, if it's if it's nostalgic to us, it very likely is nostalgic to other people. So if there's anything that you remember back in the day from the 70s, 80s, or 90s, we've probably done something on it or something, you know, in that spectrum. Um, so check it out. Uh, and if you are so inclined to enjoy trivia. We also have a trivia podcast called Throwback Trivia Takedown, um, where we just do all trivia for yep. pop culture in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And currently, right now, we are going on our Beef Up Network tournament that we had uh, Corey and Zach from Podcasting After Dark go head-to-head, which was an exciting match. That was a lot of fun. And uh, guys, I'm still in the running. I'm still coming at you. <laughs> so far. <laughs> so far, sir. Because I'm still in the running right now, too, Beyond. <laughs> Go head to head, baby. Yep. But uh, if, if you're like, if you're liking what we're spitting, then you're probably also dig talking back. Uh, Tim and Dean. Yep. 
Oh yes, great, great dudes. Two two brothers. Um, they're freaking awesome. They're they're our, our brothers up in the great white north as well. Yeah. And uh, you know they do the same thing. They they dive into their nostalgic past, what they love, and what's really cool about three we have we have three podcasts that that dive into the same like theory, the same mm-hmm. thing. But there's no crossover. Like like yeah. beca- like we don't have any of the same episodes because it's coming from six different people's points of view so we're getting a bunch of different nostalgia but we're all roughly within like the 10 year age range yeah. so we kind of like reach a pretty good gamut of things but man yeah if, if you're liking what we're doing if you're liking podcasts after dark if you're liking blast from our past then please check out talking back the tim and dean are doing a great job mm-hmm. i i personally recommend the predator 2 episode i think that thing was fun as hell yeah i I, I like a lot of stuff. Predator 2 was a great episode. I did listen to that one. I was also a big fan of their Clone Wars episode. Mm, yes. Um, because the the passion that Tim brought to obviously what he cared about with that one, that actually made me kind of, I shifted to where like, okay, I need to rewatch all the Star Wars in, you know, um, uh, canon order. And so I started doing that. And I'm in the middle of that. Well, I'm, I'm near the end of the Clone Wars TV show. Okay. Um, because that's a, that's, that's a pr- pretty beefy thing to yeah. watch through. And then I'm going through back, you know, through the rest of the movie. So, so you're I'm going through all of canon based off of just what I listened to and how much Dean loves that. Yeah, dude. Oh my God. That, that episode. Or sorry, Tim. Yeah, Tim loves it. It yeah. was, that was awesome. And I wanted to talk to you because I know you're, you're diving into it. And, you know, for me, Star Wars is life. And you're yeah. doing something that I haven't done when, when Myra and I did the full Star Wars thing before Rise of Skywalker, we didn't insert Clone Wars like you did. That's mm-hmm. impressive, bro. Props. Props and to they, you And they one. have... Yeah, and I'm going to watch the Resistance or, show. Uh, I'm going to well, ro- watch you, Rebels. Yeah, Rebels. So Rebels comes right after... And, and it's cool yeah. because there's a lot of tie-ins in season three of Rebels to Rogue One. Mm. So it kind of butts nice. up right with that. Um, Which I love Rogue One. but I, And I've never too. seen Rebels, so I'm excited to watch that show for the first time. And, and I do I'm think uh, from hearing what... The rumors are, I think that Mandalorian season two is going to have some ties to Rebels. So I, I'm Ugh, so the problem. The problem is I cannot. I'm not gonna. I, I'm not gonna get through everything before October thirtieth. Before yeah, before October thirtieth. Yeah. I don't think it's just too much. Also, I've kind of inserted Cobra Kai into my watching yeah, right now, and yeah, I'm really my, enjoying. That. Yeah, my wife and I are. are ju- we just yeah. watched uh, the Karate Kid the other night, and we're yeah. we're in in preparation to to start Cobra yeah. Kai. Just, just because I watch, I watch, I binged so many uh, Clone Wars shows that I was like, I need a little break from Clone Wars, so I've yeah. inserted Cobra Kai. But I'll get back to it. But even if I get back to it, I don't know. I'll get through everything up till Mandalorian season two. And I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to wait no. to watch season two of Mandalorian. I'm going to watch that immediately. No, dude. Uh, and then I'll watch it again when I get yes. to it in canon order. Yeah. Uh, Myra and I have watched Mandalorian three times now, all the way through. Oh, I doubt we'll do it before you know uh the new season but you never know i mean dude like eight episodes 30 minutes a pop it is so easy to knock out in one weekend it is oh yeah and it's so worth it oh my god maybe we'll do a mandalorians (laughs) after show at some point (laughs) oh man so good but uh yeah 
check out all that stuff. Uh, guys, you you've heard us plug them before, but, you know, we appreciate you. We appreciate you guys supporting our other shows, too. And we know that you do, and, and we thank you for that. And we also thank you for signing up for our Patreon. Uh, you know, we have our entire back catalog there. Uh, for just $1 a month, you can get all our entire back catalog of episodes yeah. with no ads whatsoever. Completely ad-free. You can binge and burn through every single one of them right up until now. And, and all the proceeds go just to help us out, just to help, you know, running the show. That's it, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, server costs, all, all that kind of stuff, you know, and everything. But uh, but we know we know that, you know, the economy is rough right now and it's going to get worse before it gets better. But uh, a free way to help the show is to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And we appreciate every single one of those as well. Yep. Uh, and if you are looking to get into any of our other shows or whatnot, you can go to www. Sorry, http backslash colon whatever all that stuff. <laughs> www.bfopnetwork.com, or as Corey says it, <laughs> the BFOP Network. Yeah, Blah. lame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, so. For Corey, I'm Adam, and that was another episode about nothing on Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. I love that we're still working with our outro on season five. I know, man. I have nowhere, no idea where I'm going. That I just kind of let it go. Uh. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it.